2: Shall we begin? What's it gonna be, parents' genre choice?
1: It was Nathan. The filthiest, dirtiest, cherry picking excuse of a man, west of the Missouri River.
2: Now you can die two ways. Genre. Quick like the tongue of a snake, or slower than the molasses of January. But
1: it was October.
2: I'll kill you, goddammit! it! If it's the 4th of July, where is it? Mm. Get over.
1: I told him to get out, now that he had what he came for.
2: Not quite. Take a ball. Do it! Come on!
1: That was the end of Nathan, the man who killed my period piece, raped and murdered my T terror genre, burned my ranch, shot my surfing genre, and stole my Bible! But if there was one law in the West, Bastards had brothers who seemed to ride forever. But suddenly there he was, my beloved Jack. He was the one man I trusted to pick good movies. The only man. My heart leapt as I watched him ride near. I could barely wait to feel the warmth of his good taste in movies. At that moment his lips met mine, I knew we would never again be apart. I knew that we would spend the rest of our lives watching good movies together. Forever Oh God That's so good The end
0: <laughs> See you can't see it but Jack doesn't have both hands above the table while he's actually <laughs> saying this
1: <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the uh Real Feels podcast where we give a uh, a different movie of a different genre a review and we do this
0: Fortnightly
1: or not late and today's genre from the old depths of the Bilbo grab baggins bag is 1984's romancing the stone for parents Choice. Hmm. parents hmm. choice oh parent oh parents choice parents favorite parents favorite Fa- okay yeah. parents pick parents choice parents same favorite. did yeah. your mom actually yeah. pick
2: this film like did she say Jackie? She'd- yeah
1: yeah, I, yeah. I, I I so she responded and my mom is I mean, just well, she's amazing, but she loves the Christmas movies. Hmm. Uh, so a lot of hers was like Miracle on 34th Street. Uh, We're not doing it to a Wonderful Life, Mom. Like, uh, Get over it. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh,
1: one of her picks was Romance in the Stone, and I've watched that. Like I have memories of watching that movie with my mom because she told me, like. After the fact, when I when I told her this is what I picked, she said that I could watch this movie with you and your sister and know that, you know, it's it's got some edginess and it's got some violence, but there's no nudity. uh, It doesn't ever go over the top. And there's a good vein of like humor in it. So that's why she picked it, because she felt this was a movie that she could watch with, you know, like 10 year old Jack and 13 year old Amy. It was also, she said, the first movie her and my dad saw after I was born where they felt they oh, wow. could trust a babysitter to watch my sister and I overnight. This was like their movie, their dinner and their date oh. night movie. So she always really enjoyed this movie. Mm. Uh, so I've, of course, seen this. I think Drew may have seen it.
0: I have seen parts of it. This is my first time like seeing it. All together. All together. Uh, same. Nathan? Yeah, okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, same. I've watched the kind of good long segments of it, but never a complete film. Yeah. Well,
1: well, what are the thoughts? What bean do you guys footage? think?
2: No bean footage?
1: Well, I well, I it is taking place in uh, Colombia, so uh, we should call it Frijole Footage. Frijole ah, Footage.
0: Uh, so I guess we'll go ahead and we'll run the Freeholies in a world. Although, it could still be bean footage, because Columbia has coffee.
1: Well, this is this is true, you son of a bitch. A little bit uh, of so let's uh,
0: roll, roll the
1: <laughs> footage, bean or otherwise.
0: I'm getting out of this jungle dump. I am fed up to here with this treasure hunt business. Yeah. Ira, you miserable worm, you lied to me. You said she was a city girl out of her element. Just get her in the map and bring them back. Piece of cake. Piece of cake, my butt. What went wrong? I'll tell you what went wrong. Ah! First of all, guess who else is here? You're dead right, Solo. What? Secondly, she's got herself a partner. Like shooting holes in everything. The minimum price for taking a stranded woman to a telephone. It's $400. 375 in traveler's checks? Not a deal. That's just the beginning of what's going on down here. you can say that'll make you go back into that hellhole. Don't bring that up, Ira. Ira, stop it! Alright, I'll go back. But this time, you're coming with me. So, what'd you guys think? I very much liked the movie. I was... And you know what? It's weird. I I didn't even notice it until a rewatch that I looked at and I was like, Oh, this is PG. Like I didn't even I didn't even notice that uh, right offhand. I mean, not that again. Not not that there's anything in the film itself to lend me to think that it would have been PG thirteen. I think the most gross- gruesome thing is uh, Zolo getting his hand bitten off. I mean, Zolo getting his and hand bitten. That's off. already like if you uh, were exposed to Peter Pan as a child, that's something that shouldn't be too right. Shocking. And then like the protagonist. At the, in the uh, beginning of the film, where she's just like sweaty and open blouse. That, that was uh, That was That's incre- a nice.
1: That will, I mean, I, you, that, gotta,
0: that risk you gotta. You no, gotta throw a little Ebro is... Lagasse little, little bam in yeah, there. That's. That's a I, nice I don't think scene. anybody
1: really just dis- was disappointed.
0: In that. <laughs> no one's going to be disappointed
1: in that. Oh, but you know the um, sensors. because like her face is in the shadow. Yeah, it's just in the shadow, like, but it's the, like, the, like the cowgirl outfit. No, or, like, the 13, thigh you know, like, with oh, the, it was perfectly fine. She's the, perfectly
0: bent over. The oh, yeah, oh, yeah, sweat is well, yeah, just the, right. The thigh <laughs> when she goes back for the knife, like. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the just the 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 trailing on and on when she all like, and there he was. The man who killed my father, raped my sister, stole her, or like, <laughs> like, uh, what else, uh, something else, and burned, then st- down, my oh, burned down my barn and st- stole my, my dog, dog <laughs> and stole <laughs> my Bible. And then she
1: kicks him in the hoop.
0: Convince me to buy those coins, take my, going going my crypto. <laughs> I just, I just love the, like, the on and on and on of it. I mean, that was already, you know, humorous, uh, for it, but. Yeah, uh pleasantly surprised with how much I was actually into it. And then of course to find out that there is the uh the sequel, Jewel of the Nile. Uh
1: it's not as good, but I, it's I still, hear it's not as good. It's still fun in its own way. Okay. Uh but it it's it's its own thing where like they both get captured or lured in by like a uh Middle Eastern like patriarchal dynasty and they want this jewel of the Nile. Mm -hmm. It's, it's its own thing. It's not as good as the original, but then again, it's because it wasn't written by the original author. The original author was waiting tables when she was uh, chosen Mm -hmm. Uh, when she sold this uh, script or the screenplay for it. And Michael Douglas uh, is the one that put it all in emotion, motion. Got mm-hmm. his romance in the stone made. And then bought her a Porsche as like a gift for the movie. Her boyfriend and her were driving around in it. Her boyfriend was driving. They got in a car wreck and she died. So oh, at crap. the beginning of Jewel of the Nile, they say, you know, thanks to to her... But that is also why the, the sequels... And there was actually a third one that was in planning, but because yeah, it was supposed to be a trilogy. the reception for Jewel of the Nile wasn't where it needed to be, Okay, uh, it didn't happen. And and with Romance in the Stone, it was Robert Zemeckis' first real directing role. He had written... Was one of the writers for 1941, Steven Spielberg. He he directed Jewel of the Nile, which I think was the second film he had ever directed. And the uh, studio believed it was going to be from its its like its dailies and its screening that it was going to be a bomb. And Robert Zemeckis was supposed to go on and direct Cocoon. Uh, Cocoon. He was preemptively and, and before yeah. they even released. Romance in the Stone. He was fired from wow. <laughs> but Romance in the Stone had a budget of I think
0: was it like $10 million? It's $10
1: million. And it made $110 million
0: worldwide. Oh, and, I found I saw a different figure of like 86 but 110 is great. Okay, 100, yeah. Well,
1: that was the, the Wikipedia one.
0: Oh, uh, so it, it made back its
1: money was a sleeper smash hit for 1984 and uh, Robert Zemeckis went on to do his dream gig of Back, back to, to the, the future. future, amongst many, many others. He did Forrest Gump. Uh, he did a
0: lot of other things. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Who framed Roger Rabbit? Which we get Kathleen Turner back again as, as the voice, voice of Jessica Patty Rabbit. Cake. <gasps> Patty
2: Cake! Patty <laughs> Cake!
0: I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way.
1: <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so we got the sequel, Jewel of the Nile. Uh, but because Jewel and I kind of flopped, it didn't get the other one, which was like like the the Scarlet Eagle or something like that. I don't okay. know. Okay. But uh yeah, that's that's just a short history. Let's talk a little bit about the cast. Of course we've got Michael Douglas. Well we didn't we didn't hear
0: what Nathan oh.
2: Oh, saw. Oh, oh, no, 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 right. It's fine. Bypass my thoughts every day No. Um <laughs> oh, okay, he gave us permission. So <laughs> no, <it's, laughs> the first watch of this film. Altogether, uh, was it, I think there were some parts that I kind of uh, had to give um, a little like tongue in cheek, like, nah, like, you know, it's it was the times, or you know, just it's not, uh, it's not ironclad by any mean. Overall, it like Drew said, it's a fun film. Knowing now that it's PG, I think gives a little, even a little bit more of uh, grace of hey,
1: which I don't think this would be released as PG now. Really, this would definitely be PG thirteen based on the the violence and the uh, oh the uh, so hand, skin in the, uh, uh, the
0: probably. Very I don't know, maybe. I mean, definitely the hand. Okay, so definitely the hand getting uh, bit off. And does anybody else get like shot or stabbed? I yeah, mean, aside from the beginning, there's the,
1: yeah, there's the beginning, of the guy getting stabbed. But uh, I think besides a lot of shooting, right, nobody actually gets shot. Most of the violence ends up coming back to solo. Right.
0: right, right, okay. So yeah, m- I mean, maybe I, I, it might, you know what, I, I don't want to say PG-13. It might be like you know, like TV, like 14, <laughs> like a made-for-TV. Uh, extreme kind of extreme kind of film, but you do get to see the hand actually not not even like oh no a bit down. Like, and there's off, a quick scene and yeah, change, and then suddenly like you see a bloody nub. Like you actually see it ripped off. You know what? I'll I'll give you I'll give you the PG-13 for the ripped off. Yeah.
2: So we've got. Uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say that. Um, I tried to think because on my second watch, all I could think of was if they did a remake of this in it, how would it be good. Um. And then I remembered that they just kind of did a, a film, uh, with,
0: Oh, the no, lost
2: city. Yeah. Sandra it, Broll, it like, is
1: basically like, a, a I haven't
0: seen it. I've seen like it. I've seen it. It's essentially, I mean, a lot of things are very similar. She's a writer. She's a writer. There's the guy that she, uh, but it's got the poster boy, like the Fabio, which I think is right. Which is Channing Tatum's character. Um, well, he's he's and he's a model who poses for her covers, like Fabio, right? So he cosplays essentially as this guy and goes to all like the signings and stuff, and so like that's his that's his persona and his character. And uh, I mean, based on stuff that she writes in her novels, there is a legend that the villain played by Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> Good choice, Harry Potter. Man, go. (laughs) Um, he wants her to uncover it because before she was an author, she was like an actual like archaeologist. Okay, all right. So through this, it belongs in a museum. museum. So do you. Speaking of which, slight sidestep. People often say that uh, *Romancing the Stone* was a ripoff of *Raiders of the Lost Ark*. However, it couldn't have been because the screenplay for Romancing the Stone was written five years earlier.
1: This is very true. <laughs> so <laughs> and, uh,
0: it was uh, Diane Diana or sorry, Diane Thomas who was the, the writer. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Lost City, I mean it. there are elements that are very similar. Yeah. But I, I'd say like half of it is, is like similar, okay. but that's about it.
1: Right. Uh, so we've got Michael Douglas playing the uh, sort of the hero, Jack T. Colton.
0: Which kind I, of an anti-hero more. I, I, he, I mean, like he's he's the like he's the loner who just stumbles upon this yeah. and he decides to become hero, which I, I love. I, I honestly love the choice of Michael Douglas for this, because originally it could have well, been. Apparently
1: he did, too, because he produced it. <laughs> it <laughs> basically, I,
0: basically, I think I'm got the, the best movie choice. The <laughs> but it could have it been Christopher Reeve was up for it. Jack Nicholson was up for it. Um He would have done good. Cl- Clint Eastwood. Which I don't, I don't see not Clint being
1: like. Uh, I don't see Clint Eastwood throwing <laughs> bricks of marijuana <laughs> no. on a fire and dude be like,
2: <sighs> "Get off my yeah. lawn!" That's what I call a campfire. I'm trying to think of like good like romance stuff that clint's ever done like where
0: he like has good chem this is not Brid- bridges yeah. of madison county No, it's not. Yeah, no, good. Who, there was someone else that said it would have like unnecessary violence and uh, they passed it up but kathleen I can't turner her. who i think is still very attractive
1: in this she's she's uh, so but, good but 20 years later she she's got there's a there's a subreddit that i love it's called pack a day kitties and it's cats that meow like they've been smoking oh, oh for wow. 20 years. And that's that's the voice meow. that Diane. Yeah, that's the voice that uh Kathleen Turner has, plus she's just real swollen now. And so it's like, you know, you go from romances telling Kathleen Turner, like, yeah, I'll fall in love with you uh on the road to Cartagena, and we'll have this little romance in this secluded mountain village. Uh, but then you see 20 years later and she's like, Owen. Bring me an ice bring me a soda with five ice cubes, Owen. Okay. it, it is it is kind of that. So there.
0: Man, let's 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 go back a decade because a decade after this <laughs> film is one of my one of my favorite oh, <laughs> Kathleen Turner movies. I mean, aside from doing the voice of Jessica Rabbit in Who From Roger Rabbit, I really like her in, in a film from 1994 called Serial Mom, where she plays a serial killer, but it's like but she's the mom. But she's like the Better Home and Gardens kind of that mom. It sounds like the most
2: popcorn film possible. It's like, super funny. Dude, have you met her? It- hi.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like
0: hi. Serial killer. <laughs> this serial killer. No, still it's, got pre- it's nine pretty to funny. Five. It's pretty funny because she. Well, no, because she does it like like someone will like the neighbor insults like her Tupperware or something or like little tiny little things like. Trigger her and just set her off. She's killing the neighbors she just, she, while also killing the PTA. This <laughs> booster mom <laughs> in
2: heat. Good, it's a good film. It's a good film. It really is. Good. Good. Good.
1: <laughs> We've got Danny DeVito playing the uh, the role of one of the villains, who is uh It's uh, so
0: random, but I but I like it so a lot.
1: Danny DeVito and Michael Douglas were roommates for a period of time in the '70s in New York, oh. and Michael Douglas, because he's Kirk Michael Douglas', Douglas yeah. <laughs> son, made his got his first break first, and Michael sure. Douglas ended up moving back to L.A. Uh, but he still paid his share of the rent. Wow! That. He had with Danny DeVito. And then when he, this was basically, Michael Douglas was a lot of the impetus behind getting this movie made. Right, uh, right. That he had, he pushed to have Danny DeVito cast as this villain. And Danny DeVito says it was fortuitous. It really gave him a lot more exposure, because sort of like taxi cab. Was sure. starting to wind down at that point. And Dan DeVito playing this, like, little villain, like, this mouthy little shit. I, I do adore his his bald his bald cousin Ira. Like, they're just sort of like... Ira. Like, they're the worst villains, but they're also the best at the same time. I d- <laughs> like, he's on the phone with this cousin, like, listen here, you <laughs> son of a bitch. And then, like, he looks over his
0: shoulder. You're the luckiest bastard in town. I'm like, they're here! <laughs> i don't know because she likes guys so do you uh,
1: and you can see a lot of his uh his penguin in yeah. in some of his oh, yeah uh, the way that he talks and i <laughs> i i really did enjoy that uh we had a uh a pre-jack real feels alumnus sexual. uh out of the bell baker slash drug dealer uh, Alfonso Aral El who Guapo. played El Guapo in yeah, 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 yeah. The Three Amigos as soon as
0: he popped over the door I was all like El Guapo! Dude, he's like the best
1: part of the film. Like, you there's so much tension when they're walking into the village and like you know Jack's thumb and the safety off his Wilder? shotgun. It's, Wilder? They, from the store, I like it's like I read you the story.
2: <laughs> and they're all like waving goodbye, like, oh man, I wish we could study like,
1: <laughs> they told you I had a car. Oh no. And my little mule, it's a Pepe. Uh,
0: okay. <laughs> that is I think that's one of the only things that I don't particularly enjoy about the film. And it's like my smallest of gripes with it is that there are such drastically fast scene changes where when he actually said, he's like, why like, I don't understand why they told you I had a car. Oh, my mule. And then suddenly, like the next the next immediate second, they're breaking through the garage door like there's no explanation of like. Oh, soldiers are coming to get us! Well, or this and that, yeah, but but it, it, but does it happens. Kind of jump a but bit. it happens quite a few times in certain spots. That's in the because movie. there were extensive reshoots, and that's. And I'm more than fine with that. I, it just it it throws me off. Like you know, like you're you're into it. They're establishing the story. They're establishing rapport with new characters, and then suddenly it's just like boom, new scene.
1: Yeah, but it's kind of like the the Robin Hood drug dealer who has like his like <laughs> secret escape routes. I do appreciate that a little bit. I mean, sure. I, I mean, yeah,
0: it's fine. I just it, it's just the it's but the. I mean, Im- the, the movie is by no means perfect. no, 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 not, not at, all. at all. But I mean, I was just saying that like, just the immediate jump, the the editing just it, it throws me for half a second, it, it, and then was, I'm back in there. It went back in
1: chopped up prior to its release to deal with some of the issues. Mm-hmm. I did. I, one of the th- things I feel is notable about this movie is the soundtrack because it's so 80s. <laughs> and it's like they have the same theme but it comes back in different ways like when they're in the uh like the 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 rural village that's having some sort of unknown celebration. Yeah. And it's like the same theme is now like in like the villagers music where it's like the flute like <speaking> like they're falling in love. <laughs> You have a, a, a Xerox machine?
0: Yeah, it's in the back. Oh, you I, speak English? I, I, yeah, we all, and the copy. <laughs> oh, i have sheets I've got too. Plenty. <laughs> Yeah, full size. You yeah. know, what? I don't know why. Like I it it wasn't computing to me that like a Xerox machine would be there.
1: Well again, Robert Semecas though, and this is not Xerox related, but with the the Bronco that was Pepe the Little Mule. Like, he kind of mirrored that in Back to the Future with the Toyota the truck, truck yeah. that Marty McFly has in his garage that he's finally got. Right, 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 right. It, it, it's, Maybe he's got a little bit of a truck fetish, I don't maybe.
2: know. Maybe. We do have also another alumni uh, character of Mary Ellen uh, Trainer from...
1: Oh, for... From Die Hard! Multiple, yeah, multiple <laughs> yeah. and, and she was the mom in uh, The Monster Squad.
2: Oh yeah, she was also in Goonies, yeah. but we haven't done that yet. So, uh, we
0: <laughs> no, I like how, I like how there's a yet. Yeah, but she was like she's she was like the, the '80s mom.
2: And she
1: '80s and early she's '90s. still perfect yeah. for
2: it. She just has that kind of sweet, and you know, she trying to be stern but not stern enough, and in this felt attractive yeah, yeah, but you're you're still like, a mom, no, still, but not like not yeah. like milfy. But you're like, well, no, I mean like. I don't know. Maybe. Yes. No.
0: So the um, Holland Taylor, who plays Gloria, the agent, I, I love her character, but I also love the actress who plays her because she is like a dead ringer for my eighth grade English teacher. She has such a face. (laughs) It's so it's so weird. And you know what's odd? Like you say, she's got such a face. But like, and I'll and I'll try to find a picture, but I'll pull it up for you later. But like, so the so Ruthann, if you're out there, I don't think you ever listen. I highly doubt you do. But uh, you look like Holland Taylor, and it always made me smile because I was all like, I have like a movie star teaching me class.
1: Why didn't you take the elevator? Oh dear, you
0: know because <laughs> of the rapists. I never get an elevator alone because <laughs> rapists. I that entire beginning scene, I'll tell you right now. When when she is just crying and she's looking for tissues and then she greets Romeo and everything like that and it's all after the book is finished I, I'll tell you right now hands down it is step by step the same process after I finish editing an episode <laughs> Drew goes to the every fridge every single time he's like, buy I'm, more milk She's I'm like, uh. in tears I'm I'm in tears I I have to find something I I you know have to what blow the, my nose is, I go and find Frodo and I'm like the good stuff hey baby I finished so are you, if you if you
1: had a, uh, a chimney or, or are you throwing dishes I have a ch- fireplace over are there. throwing dishes this is why
0: it? I constantly need to buy more dishes <laughs> and I ha- and I have to resort to like you know paper plates because I have to feed Frodo I say like hey baby you want to celebrate so
1: we're, we're we're recording this on a Friday and uh, I get over <laughs> here and, and uh, I'm calling out for Frodo and, and Drew says no wait. I know what to do can you tell us what uh, what Friday is known to What's Frodo's for, uh, Friday for frodo
0: so so uh, so every Friday um I I give our 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 podcast for, for all the people that don't know frodo so I <laughs> yeah there we go Frodo is yeah. a cat and we, yeah, and we always tell him to get the door so I always tell I always uh announce to Frodo on Fridays that he's gonna get more food except I tell it to him like this and I'm gonna look at him right now. Hey, Frodo! Fatty Fridays. <laughs> oh, that's that's a that is a look of recognition. So, so Fatty Fridays is is what I call him, <laughs> and,
1: and uh, I love seeing Frodo because my wife is allergic to cats. It's the only cat I get to interact with. Uh, so, but I I was unaware. <laughs>
0: A fat friday because he because he didn't come out yet he hadn't come out to say hi to jack but as soon as and, i say he gave him the wet food and i and as soon as i say hey like, fatty frodo fridays, fatty fridays and, like he immediately pokes his head what, out of his cat tower but yeah uh it's a step-by-step it, exact, give me the soap exact process i eventually uh i cry i finish an episode i feed frodo i get drunk and then i pass out one, yeah that's, that's every episode yeah.
1: No. Uh, but this was shot in the uh, u.s and in mexico it was really supposed to be shot in, in colombia, colombia but as art imitates life there were too many kidnappings and there were safety issues <laughs> filming in colombia
0: at the time so it was filmed instead in mexico it's like she's been kidnapped yeah i know it's in the script no she's been kidnapped oh <laughs> do we have a camera uh, so on her? throughout, film? i think the the middle of the
1: film we don't know if uh jack is you know, it's like F-Boy Island. Like, is, is he going to take the jewel? Is he going to share the jewel with
2: her? I'm not trying to romance it out from under her.
1: Uh, we got to get out of here before Batman shows I,
2: up. I feel like <laughs> they could have done that better, though. The the whole, like, re- the reveal is
0: okay, but... Why was it in the bunny statue? That was a weird... That could have used I a little that, I found that really odd. Like, I mean, if it's if it's meant to be this, like... Famous treasure and in this, in this big old jewel, and then, that's fine. Like, but like, the the bunny threw me off. I don't know why. And what would have happened I mean, if she said like, oh? But it's just in my so book. Weird.
2: The the person hid it in in the statue, and then he breaks it, and there's nothing there. He's like, I think that was the treasure. Oh, <laughs> it's a oh fake.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> you can see by the Julia. lines here.
0: <laughs> I can't believe what oh, you no. did. <laughs> An Antiques Roadshow was coming next week. We could have been rich.
1: <laughs> uh, so our uh, our protagonist, for the most part, uh, not only is is uh, Dan and his cousin Ira, which I still think is a, just a great name for a bad villain, which sure. is what Ira is. But we've got uh, Commandante Zolo of like the guerrillas, paramilitary police, yeah, uh, with his signature weapon, the uh, the the Heidi knife. With oh, the, the switchblade. Yeah. Well, the switchblade. Yeah, but I always thought the switchblade sort of like came up from the side. This like comes out loaded. from the top. But it. But it is. It is. A, it like a, I feel like Paul Hogan, like, is in the background going like, "That's not a knife.
0: <laughs> this is a knife. That's a spoon." I see you play knifey spoony before. <laughs> but
1: uh, he does. He does play a a very swarthy and. Uh, terrifying sort of villain i mean not only uh once he is in uniform but him going to new york and then suddenly he oh, he must have been able to get the same flight back as joan wilder apparently because he's in uh columbia uh, and leads her guides her towards the bus that is going in the complete opposite direction of Cartagena. Which, yeah.
2: i, yeah. I kind of uh, wish that they would have elaborated a little bit more and gave him more of a reason of like why he's doing this and what and like the why take her away from it why almost not just like um take her closer
1: yeah we really don't know why Zolo is involved in the first place because Ira and Dane DeVito know so Zolo has to have some sort of insider information that's
0: not really ever presented yeah it's neither here nor there I mean It, yeah, it's also kind of weird how to find her, the only reference document they have is to not, like, take off the book jacket and keep the photo on the back of the book. But let's carry around the entire book, like (laughs) both Danny DeVito and both Zolo did. (laughs) And it does have that last crusade, sort
1: of feel like... You have the book in the pocket. brought it here? <laughs> I sent it to you so it wouldn't be falling
2: to
1: <laughs> would agree with me! <laughs> and then, again, how did the sister, like, how is she in... How did she come across this? Where, like, because... It, it was in, the husband. In a, in a, well, yeah, but in the defense, there's not a whole lot of exposition no, to well, that. And... The sister doesn't have a whole lot of lines,
0: I guess you would say. Except no, she has. You know, I'm in trouble. I'm in real trouble. Like, bring it here. She's Don't got a tell badass anybody. Car. She she does have a badass car. Which the little kid who's apparently just, who's just out there waiting, perfect with what is that? What is that called? A is bolo. That? A bo- I knew it was a bolo. Yeah, and then he can drive that car like a like nobody's business. And then I love seeing back and forth between that kid driving the car and when the, uh, Kathleen Turner's stunt double goes into the river, um, which that is not the same car. If you notice, the front end is completely bent and flipped up before it goes flowing down the river. But I love the, the shots where you can clearly see the stunt double.
1: And we we joked, my wife and I, that it was um, it was sort of like Short Round from Temple of Doom. <laughs> and also like our youngest Caleb, uh, where Caleb would have hit her with the bolo, gotten her in the gotten in the car, but he would still need like the Chinese platform shoes in order to actually
0: drive the car. The uh, oh, speaking of stunt doubles, though, Wonder Woman's stunt double was the one that went down the mudslide for Kathleen Turner. Uh, uh, Hades love their their water slides. The Goonies uh, romance. The I just Stone. love that like. Immediately after she goes down, Jack's, Jack's face is just like, oh, shit.
1: <laughs> <No>! <laughs> she's she's pulled the airplane
2: bottles of liquor out of her luggage. She's like, what are you doing? You're
0: drinking? <laughs> I'm going to die. You're drinking.
2: So when, when you mentioned the mudslides, I instantly thought of uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And like that kind of like copious amounts of water yeah. and just flooding. And made me reminisce. I was like, "Oh, I remember that movie." (laughs) These were
0: Italian. Now they're practical. And even though it's a PG thirteen
1: movie, they find the crashed drug smuggling plane with the dead pilot. The great, they get high. They they find the uh, the bottle of tequila. Uh, And I do love the uh, the bushmaster. Like it's one of the deadliest snakes, but they're awful tasty.
0: Tasty. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, but so th- as it wraps up, we find uh, towards the end, during the escape from finding the the core zone, the heart, Jack and Kathleen Turner are separated. Everyone finds themselves back together with Ira, Danny DeVito and Commandante Zolo. I do like it when they they butt stroke with the rifle jack in the crotch and you just hear a clink and then he does like the cheeky little
0: <laughs> cheeky cheeky little wiggle, wiggle like I, I
1: was hiding this in my hanes and my fruit of the Loops the entire time like
2: like mouth in uh, the goonies
1: where she, he's like oh oh my god he spit them out
2: <laughs> aren't you the one they call
1: mouth
0: <laughs> uh,
1: and then that ends up on the boot of jack colton which he gives a nice flip or a kick into the night
0: as he says choke on it yes and then of course landing in uh, zolo's hand as he catches it before he gets captain Hook. he gets captain hook i i understand what they had to do with it biting his hand and then ripping it off but i'm like as soon as that hand got chomped down on that alligator would have rolled and it should and it should have like immediately pulled him into the water like there, there's no like, oh, no, let me pull back and have it rip off <laughs> the hand. Yeah, I, <laughs> which I is agree. fine, which I is agree. fine. Um, I think the only other question that I have pertaining to that alligator. How how did it get out? <laughs> how did it get out of the water and onto the walkway? It's got to, nice snappers to, to apparently try to snap escape into the river <laughs>
2: You know the alligator that got your hand? Well, I got his <laughs> head.
0: <laughs> just tap it in. Just tap it in. Get a tap old tappy. Tap, tap, tap. I do,
2: and I like the, like, the the subtle nod to, like, that he, like, went in and killed it or the whatever with the, the boots. I'm like, yeah, that's, there you go. That's that's a good way to, like, answer a question without having to, like, show it or go into detail. You know, just like a, ha, ha. He got yeah. it. Well, I mean, you,
0: you had to know that was coming, especially with the boat sitting there outside her apartment uh, at the end.
1: Yeah. Well, and I, I really did enjoy the final scene with uh, Dan DeVito and his cousin Ira, where Ira gets in the speed boat to take him oh. over. And, he's, and, and Dan DeVito is on the dock and he's just like, well, What about me? When are you coming back? I'll send the boat for you. When? When are you going to send the boat? Soon. How soon? Very soon. <laughs> <laughs> and then as soon as the cops pull up, Danny is just like, they went that way. They're like, there's, there's no Get love up. lost amongst the thieves. Well,
0: I mean, even when they're being, you know, caught by Zolo, he's all like, these hands, Ira, these hands, which I'm going to rip every limb from your body. And then like the guns cock, he's like, later. <laughs> I think Danny, like, is the best
2: of the villains.
1: Well, because it's who we see more of. <laughs> when Zolo yeah, gets in the car
0: him with it. him, and he's like, "Put oh, like Don't I, I ever- hate oh, I hate no, Americanos. Uh, <laughs> I hate Americanos. They, t- t- I t- spit, t- spit t- on them. T- p- 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 oh, you must be French. <laughs> Look at them <laughs> snappers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it does end with a a so happily ever after. Happily, happily, happily ever, ever after. Ever. Uh, we do see a little bit of that ever after in. The jewel of the Nile, if you guys do care to watch it. I don't really foresee us doing it on the Rio Falls, but you never know.
2: Um Parent's Choice. Part two, two <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Revenge of Jack's mom.
1: <laughs> other than that, uh I feel she did pick a at least a watchable movie for general audiences uh it, it which with my mom i thought it was going to be just way too much <sighs> like and i had to preface it by saying like we already did sleepless in seattle <laughs> 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 so I, I i feel that her number one choice was was this one um so we should probably get into oh what <laughs> the hell was that? <laughs> Cuz of Colombia. I know it was, but I like
0: it. <laughs> Oh, good
1: lord. <laughs> Colombia. Uh chip the dishes, chip the plates, that's what Joan walder hates. Uh you are now tossed into your own unexpected adventure. Choose the exotic location, the treasure you are seeking, the villain or villains trying to stop you, your companion or perhaps a helpful bellmaker you meet on your journey. And then every great adventure needs a name. What's yours
0: called? I'll start. Um, So, this is uh, inspired by a movie that I uh, watched earlier this week. So, the adventure is called The Trove of Yamashita. Hi. Hi. All right. So, uh, the location itself is in the Philippines. All right. More importantly, it's in the World War II bunkers that the Japanese had on the, in the Philippines. And supposedly, supposedly, as legend goes, uh, where Yamashita stored all of his uh, like spoils of war. All right. And hid away some treasure. Also within the uh, within the uh, treasure trove itself is a like famous and legendary uh, piece of samurai armor. That
1: hi uh, hi
0: that actually Katalana. holds the holds the uh, truth the secret to uh, not only like longevity but great. like eternal life and suppose and supposedly the samurai armor is uh, going to protect Yamashita's gold so hidden somewhere within the confines of these bunkers from World War II um, the the villains. That are trying to stop me are actually a private pharmaceutical company that are going under a random name and they're hiring out mercenaries because they want the armor. They can give two shits about the gold. It can it can help with whatever. But it's the secret to longevity and long life that they can keep away from everybody. And uh, the person that's going to be coming with me, I couldn't decide between the two of you. So I'm actually taking you both as one person, but uh, I'm going to be calling you. Chuck Jathan <laughs> And it has to and it has to be said with a lisp. So Jathan <laughs> that's, the, that's the That's the biggest penis Our you come by, Jack
2: Your mother's been telling stories about me again. <laughs>
1: uh.
0: <laughs> Heart <laughs> Jesus. So, uh yeah, The Trove of Yamashita.
2: All right, Nathan. All right, so um I went a little bit outside the box. I didn't know how uh, ludicrous close to home I had. Okay. To, so, it's an adventure fantasy story. Um this takes takes place in Iceland. Um and the the treasure that we are seeking is the most comfortable pair of shoes that magically make you feel uh, like in Rick and Morty when uh, he does like, you want to see what true level feels okay. like? <laughs> That's what these shoes, when you slip them on, it does for you. you pour, just like just
0: pure euphoria. Perfect. perfect. <laughs> okay.
2: Um, the villains are played by both Carrot Top and Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> Because <laughs> I, I despise both of them, so why not uh just, the you know.
0: random pairing?
2: Not for Nathan And, and my uh companion is Gunnar, the Icelandic local. He that also learns a very valuable lesson in the end. Um and this will be The Adventures of Lava and Ice. Uh because I'm from Air I'm now from in Arizona where it is lava and <laughs> And it'll be a it'll be a great um, chronicle. You know, we'll we'll do an adventure over there. He'll do one over here in the states. Kind of like a rush hour two situation, <laughs> where <laughs> and don't ever touch a white man's computer. <laughs> yeah. Oh
1: goodness. All right. So, <clears throat> in the dark days of World War Two, a young German butcher's apprentice escapes and disappears into the Alps and is never seen again. A small party of SS searches fruitlessly, but with the Soviets' capture of Berlin, the Allies driving into Bavaria, and the sudden death of the Fuhrer, they are quickly retasked for a final defense of the fatherland. I find myself in possession of a map and entering the Alps. But I am not alone. I'm being pursued by modern day Nazis, agents of the American far right, led by Proud Boys and Congressman Matt Gates. Oh my God! Cornered in a closed valley, I'm rescued by the lovely mountain shepherdess Hilda. We <laughs> escape to a secluded Austrian mountain village, and there I see a key clue: Der Wursthorn, <laughs> or Sausage Mountain. After spending the night in celebration with the locals, we make our way into the hidden grotto beneath their horn. And there we find, carved into the grotto walls, the recipe for the fabled worst der gotter, or sausage of the gods. One bite of this divine cased meat and all earthly illusions and prejudices <laughs> fall away. The consumer of the sausage becomes enlightened by the true meaning of God and faith. The urge to make war, discriminate against others due to race, class, sexuality, and pass on false truths all disappear. That God is not found in a church, but in a humble plate of savory cased meats. That's right, folks. The <laughs> sausage that Jesus and the apostles were served during the Last Supper, also known as the Holy Grilled. Join us this Christmas for the the theatrical release of Lord of the Links. One sausage to rule them, one sausage to bind them, one sausage to bring humanity out of their darkness and align them. This holiday season, you will find that all that is gold does not glitter, and sometimes just a sausage that sizzles can link humanity together. I bring you Lord of the Links, Worst of the King.
2: (laughs) Whoa! <laughs> Jack was ready. I, I almost thought that you were going to go more of uh, like the love story between you and the uh, the gal that she's. You know, like what happened to you? Are my sun, my moon, and my starlit sky? <laughs> it- it went away <laughs> oh, no. i dwell in darkness and it went away Th- this is uh this is yeah? loosely
1: based off of the uh, kids in the hall old kids in the hall sketch love and sausages where i am now the old man with the hearing aid that failed on this quest and i'm just demanding sausages <laughs> i like sausages bring me sausages <laughs> so uh, okay well there you go um then we get into look at those snappers the villainous commandant has one hell of an ending he gets captain hooked by an alligator burned with a cigar beaten and beaten over the head with a plank of wood lit on fire and finally falls through a wooden grate to get torn apart by more alligators. Tell me about one of your favorite villain deaths or defeats. Can be from a movie, TV series, even a book, or on the back of a shampoo bottle. If your name is Nathan.
2: <laughs> well, I was going to talk about uh, the the villainous death of Lord Pert Plus, but uh, I will. Anyway, um, my. What are you reading in the bathroom? <laughs> it was your son, Tommy. <laughs> it was your son. Uh, so my, I had two picks. Um, the first one was Hans Gruber, uh, because Ooh. I love that you think that it's done. You think that he has gone over the side, and him being kind of stuck with the watch um, is just such a cool, tense moment. Time slows down. Love it. And his free fall down, so good. My second one is also another uh, free fall. Villains often fall, you know. I, sure. I know. Free falling. And that is Emperor Palpatine. I Ooh. love when just goes, nope, fuck this. And switches that pitch and grabs Palpatine, takes some of that dark energy, doesn't matter, throws him over, and you think that's it. Gosh.
1: It's a great scream too that like, ah,
0: like he rebounds
1: off of like, oh,
2: (laughs) yes, yes, yes.
1: Um, I'll take the, the next one. Drew, you can, uh, bring it up the rear. Um, I've got a, I've got three death of the fury of thunder in big trouble, little China. Like he doesn't even get killed. He kills himself. It's memorable. Uh, But just the swelling up and then the blowout, which I just imagine like three or four stagehands with buckets full of fake viscera, (laughs) like throwing that into the camera angle. I just I love that death scene. Also, the episode of South Park, which was also Chef's final, where everybody who dies spontaneously and violently
0: shits themselves.
1: He, he yes, kind of becomes maybe. a villain, too. He kind of becomes a villain. Okay. But I just, I find it so oh, hilarious. It is. Uh, and then uh, in Broken Arrow, <laughs> when, <laughs> when Travolta takes the uh, the disarmed nuclear missile to the crotch at the end. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Look at my shoulder, shoulder. That's All where right. the punch is coming from. Can we try not shooting the at the nuclear thermal, thermal nuclear weapon? Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 Uh, so I, I think one, I just want to get out of the way because, uh, it was probably one of the most satisfying deaths to watch. And, uh, that is Joffrey at the purple wedding. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, uh, well, Yeah. Uh, yeah. It yeah, wasn't the red wedding. No red wedding was, um, I never heard it called. Yeah, a I was like, was, I like it, it, was that what it was called? No, it's, it's, it's called the purple wedding. Um, oh. and then there's the red wedding. Uh, the red wedding is when the, the whole family yep. and all the guards and everybody, <laughs> Spoiler um, alerts for anyone that has not watched Game of Thrones. Jesus, if no one's watched it. Wake up and get wants it. No. to. And it. you're not going to go back and rewatch it. Come on, no. Uh, another that, much like Big Trouble, Little China, that has been so memorable uh, is Judge Doom in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> As he melts in dip. Uh, That always made me laugh and also was kind of terrifying as well at the same time. Um, Do you remember me
1: when I killed (laughs) Killed your your brother? brother. I look
0: just like this. (laughs) Uh, One of my favorite uh, kills of a villain in a horror movie, and it's just it's just fun, is in Child's Play 3, Chucky is chasing down... Uh, Andy, and he's also chasing down this other little kid. And I forget, forget his name, but they go to a carnival and Chucky drops into these rotating blades that are underneath a carnival ride. And he just gets like sliced, diced, Julian fries, just pieces go everywhere. So I always love that. And as a honorable mention, uh, when Golducott is... Uh, submitted for like a thousand years of pain by the prophets that that's, that's for, a fitting ending that's for me and jack <laughs> watch star trek nathan <laughs> oh
2: yeah don't uh, wait for the translation him <laughs> uh,
0: so our
1: next one is a dreamboat jack's dream comes true at the end as we see his magnificent yacht in the middle of manhattan what big ticket item would you buy with the proceeds
0: from the stew I, I could never like think of myself buying like a super expensive car and I don't think I ever really want a boat. Um, but I, I will say that if I had enough money and I could get myself something that is like super um, simple and either like it's just for me or maybe me and another person, but either like a cabin out in the woods somewhere where it's like my little property um, or a, a some beach home that is not going to like, you know, be skyrocketing, but something simple out of the way and just something that I can that I can actually enjoy and yeah. have an escape with.
1: Uh, I I did the same thing uh, cabin in the mountains, uh, but like ultra secluded, like, you know, when you're driving through parts of California and you see like these houses like they're not on top of the mountain, but they're on like the foothills pretty close. Like Yeah. I want one of those. Like, there's a gate, and fuck off. <laughs> I'm in
2: my cabin. <laughs> like, I, this is this is really weird because we are all in a green of I want a hobbit den. I oh. want a little house under the hill
1: without those <laughs> sacks-filled baggages.
2: I'm not at home! Like <laughs> I mean, I, every time I watch that, I love just the Shire and that whole little community. I like, love that home. idea. Yes. So and at first I was like, ooh, I want to buy a castle. And I was like, you know what? Castles one, probably way too much. And two, a lot to maintain.
0: Perfect. You'd be you'd be surprised how cheap some castles are. Yep. Sad. Uh,
1: so our last segment is parent trap. What and it's more posed for you guys. Uh, what would your own parents have picked? Uh, would you have been game to review it? Uh, would it be a slog? Uh, and as I said earlier, my mother she would have picked uh, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, The Bishop's Wife, or uh, The King and I.
0: So I'm just gonna have Nathan answer it because. My parents have picked movies already uh, for the the show.
1: Quite good, quite good, quite quite good. That's why we've got this oak table. (laughs) It holds all the memories.
2: (laughs) Uh, My mom mom would have picked uh, one of two movies, either Silverado or Gone with the Wind. Um, eh, it, Silverado, I would have been okay. Gone with the wind. I love Silverado. Gone with the wind. A Kevin little Klein. bit of a slog for me, <laughs> but um, but yeah, Silverado's up there and, and love it. My dad would have picked two movies that we've already done. So Zorro the Gay Blade, uh, we're not doing again, and Princess Bride, we're not doing it again either. So I'd say, Dad, <laughs> Mom, please pick Silverado. <laughs> Sorry, Dad, you're
1: out of luck. You know those two movies I like to watch? <laughs> Already done.
2: Malick. Yeah, no, he loves them.
1: <laughs> well, all right. Um, well, what do we have coming up on the old
0: Real in ducats? Well, Nathan's up next.
2: And we are doing uh Utopia
0: utopia
2: uh, utopian
1: utopia
0: oh, hmm. yeah. and uh after that if we are not gonna do patreon which we very might do if it's gonna be mine again uh, i'm gonna do my uh cut out animation uh film uh
1: and again if we don't do patreon uh, my next one will be i believe it's cyberpunk Ooh, cyberpunk. Ah, so, what would you guys rate romancing this Stone.
2: Um, this movie is kind of like a tiger's eye gem where it's not, not super valuable. It's not, you know, the best of gems, but it's, it's kind of cool. Have one, you kind of like it. And I liked this film. I didn't love it. But definitely enjoyed it enough to watch it twice and not bitch about it. I was like, ah, if anything, got a little bit more out of it. A little bit more squeeze.
0: Okay. Uh, so uh, Zola is left with uh, an arm, two legs, uh, but he's missing one. So this, this gets a, uh, a three out of four of his, uh, of his limbs left.
1: Uh if I was the uh, questionable underground fence that uh they <laughs> sold this jewel to, I would probably give them 80% of its actual worth, maybe 75. Uh it's it's a movie that is like I like we've gone over earlier, something you can watch with pretty much most of the whole family. There's not a whole lot in it to raise eyebrows. Um and it is so so very eighties. Uh, <laughs> again, the soundtrack just brings that right in, and they do it without doing being too racist about uh, you know uh, El Guapo, the bellmaker, and fortune and Little Pepe. You
2: know, just uh, enough.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, like there was there was a sports movie I was going to do a few seasons ago, and it was uh, uh, Major League. About the Cleveland Indians, and yeah. I ended up not. I ended up doing Goon because Major League from the 1980s was just very problematic. I as
2: well <laughs> thought about some movies that were a little racist, like uh, American History X, but I wasn't sure. if... It, no. <laughs> uh,
1: do you see what this means?
2: This means not welcome.
1: Oh. Oh shit So there's no Patreon Fuck off <laughs> I did an intro I did the, I did four segments Fuck off Okay <laughs> oh. I was just waiting for Nathan to be like Nope, oh, nope. Where's the Patreon I have
2: no idea. Every thing. I will uh, just <laughs> He's just to gonna wait to see
0: if it happens Oh <laughs> uh, well, guys, if you want to get in contact with us, we are up on Facebook and Instagram to search for the Real Fills Podcast. You can hit us up on Twitter. We are at Real Fills Pod. You can also send us an email at RealFillsPodcast at gmail.com
2: or, or, or <laughs> you
1: can <laughs> call the Tooch Line. It's been silent for far too long. It's like the palantir.
0: We don't know who's on the other we side. We don't know who's on the other side. So you can uh, call the Tooch Line 661. 376. 030? 030. I blinked right there for half a second, yeah. Thank you. That's alright. Yeah, so uh until next time, you're the realist. And the feelist. You lucky son of a bitch! They're here!
2: <laughs> Look at those snappers! <laughs> <laughs> alright, and we do up.